Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. We're in the middle of a series called What's Next? I'm excited. Last service was, uh, real, it was just exciting. Outside, baptizing people. Uh, just all that God is doing at Avenue Church. We're in the middle of a series called What's Next? What's next? And this is a question I believe it's not just in our church, but it's even outside of our church world. What's next for my life? What does God have planned for my life? And I'm even seeing it in our culture, in our entertainment fields, on TV, where, there, where people are making a difference in other people's lives and they're finding fulfillment, but they have no idea why it brings fulfillment to their life. And so that's why we're in this series called What's Next? And so, um, I'm excited all that God is doing, and uh, I'm going to start off with this. Vision. Vision is, is all about what's next for my life. I might say, what's next for my life, for God's praise and God's glory? Vision helps us to chase something much bigger than who we are, that you can sum up your purpose by what you're chasing. That is why it's important to know why you're chasing what you're chasing. You're like, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, right now, it's that little, that's that boyfriend you got in your life, all right? I'm chasing that boy because I got to find purpose. It's only 30 seconds. I'm preaching good today to 11 a.m. All right. Man, what's my purpose for my life? And without vision for our life, we're going to stumble. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If you can't see what God's vision is for your life, we're going to stumble. We're going to stumble in our finances. We're not going to have vision for where our money goes. We're going to stumble over our relationships. We don't have vision for what God has for our life. We're going to stumble over our marriage. We're just going to begin to stumble. And this is what it says. The Bible, if, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when we attend to what God reveals, we're most blessed. We're most blessed. When we can see what God is doing in our life, when we can see God's vision for our life, we are most blessed. And I want you to know that word blessed there means joy, but not the kind of ha-ha-ha joy, but the joy that is a contentment of your soul. I even break it down too. that word blessed there simply means there's a void in your heart that we try to fill it with other things, but the things we're chasing, things that are not of God, and we'll never fill that void. But when Jesus comes to the heart, he fills that void. Come on, church. And we are now blessed. I am made whole. I am content. No matter what's going on around me, all hell is breaking loose, but I stand there for, because I got joy in my heart. I got Jesus in my life. I got Jesus in my life. You know, so without vision, it's hard to see where to go. You know, uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Every Sunday morning, we wake up. We wake up early. We do a quick devotion, coffee. Yes, coffee. Thank you, Jesus, for making coffee. We do coffee. And my wife and I will kind of load up the truck or the car, and then we'll wake up Levi. And uh, even this morning, my son, and here's, here's my prayer. My son is seven years old, and we're two and a half years into this journey. My son still loves Sunday mornings because he's helping making a difference at Avenue Church. Even this morning, my wife said, let's wake up Levi. Let's wake him up. And um, all of a sudden, we heard a door shut, and he walked into our bedroom with his Sunday clothes on. I mean, he was like, what up? What are you guys doing? Come on, TikTok. Let's go. And he said, do my hair. And he still needed coffee too, but... And so what we always do is my son and I will go in my pickup, Pastor Lindsay, she'll go in her car, and we'll drive separately to church because we want to have a good day. Come on, somebody. 
I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm still joking. All right? But yeah, seriously, if we do that, because <laughs> some of you are like, pastor's just like me, right? Like you just got in a big argument in the car, and then when you pulled up to church, you're like, I never want to see your face again. You get out, hold hands, praise Jesus, right? God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Quit squeezing my hands so hard. That's so hard. But here's what I, uh, we take separate cars because after church, uh, Pastor Lindsay either take somebody home or take my son home and uh, stay in lockup, tear down, all of that. And uh, one Sunday morning, though, uh, my son once heard from my wife, she saw a coyote on the way to church. She left a little later than us, and on the way to church, she saw a coyote in the mountain's edge area. And my son became infatuated with this. Like, I got to see this coyote. Well, one Sunday morning, we're following uh, Pastor Lindsay, my wife, and we're going down Buffalo. And all of a sudden, my wife calls me a speakerphone, and so I put it on. Uh, she calls my phone, and I put it on a speaker. So my son get here, and she goes, look, there's a coyote. Now, she's in another, another car, so we can't see where she's pointing, all right? Look, a coyote. We're all, you know. And, and she goes over there by the blue house, and my son's like, where, where? I mean, he's like unbuckling, you know, like. Stay in your seat. And he's trying to find this coyote. And she's like, what? It's over there by the blue house. And then she goes, oh, it's gone. Right? And we're like, why? Why did you even tell us? Have you ever been in that situation where someone's like, look, it's right there. You'll never see it again for 100 years. And you're like, I can't see it. What are you, what are you looking at? Like, like, give me distance. 100 yards? 5,000 yards? What are we looking at? And you're like, oh, you missed it forever. Sorry, you suck. You know, like. Now, just so you know, too, I'm hard of hearing. I'm deaf in this year, and I have a hearing aid in this year, which means I can't hear. And so uh, I've been in a situation where I don't have directional hearing. So I'll hear stuff, but I have no idea where it's coming from. And so I was at a conference one time, and walking in a large room. It's a lobby area. They had a second story that was all open. I remember I was walking, and all of a sudden I heard, Jeremy! And I was like, maybe that's me. I don't want to be rude. And he goes, Jeremy! And I just went, Hey! What's up, right? I look like a, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? But let me tell you, church, without vision, I believe you'll look at just anything. Without vision for your life, you're going to look at what's closest to you. You're going to look at what's convenient. Without vision for your life, you're going to grab onto the wrong purpose. And so that's what it's all about today is discovering our purpose. But let me show you when you don't have God's vision for your life. Here's what happens in your life. What, the first thing we often do is we say, God, I want to know me. I want to know me. And trust me, you cannot know yourself until you know God. Your identity is in Christ Jesus. So it's going to be, uh, I need to know me because I don't have purpose for my life. I don't have vision for my life. But the second one is I need to find fame. I need to find people recognizing me. I need to find a, a, a fame. I need to be famous. Hashtag just hustling. Hashtag humble. Right? I need to find fame. Number three is discover a platform. I need someone to discover how good I am. Discover my gifts. Discover my I need a platform where I am elevated above all others. And then the last one is, is make a dollar. Instead of making a difference, instead of God's vision for our life, we're just going to make a dollar. And I, I believe in generosity. We move at the speed of your generosity. That money makes vision move. And we're reaching Feed One and El Salvador, all across uh, the world, through church plants, all those different things. But that is not God's purpose for your life. It's not just to make a dollar. But what God wants you to do is, number one, is to know God. Know God. And so that was the first part of our series, is knowing God. I don't want you to know church and just know religion. I want you to know Jesus and know relationship. God wants to know you intimately. 
But the second one is, is find freedom. We talked about that last week. That, that I believe you cannot find freedom without first knowing God. But freedom from your past, freedom from your hang-ups, your addictions, freedom from your yesterday so you can move on into your tomorrow, freedom so that there's no guilt and shame and condemnation, but only redemption through Christ Jesus. So that was last week. Then today I'm going to talk about discovering your purpose. Next week's going to be all about making a difference, making a difference. And people either have trouble with freedom or they have trouble with purpose. Sometimes we struggle. We can, okay, I know God. I raised my hand. I got saved. And I'll get in the growth track. I'll do all those different things. But man, freedom's a tough one. Or maybe for you today, it's purpose. Did, did God really create me for something greater? Does God really have a plan for my life? Because I don't think he does. And we struggle in these areas. And the reason why we struggle is because it's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, in the New Living Translation. And it says this, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. I'm here to share with you, and for my, my heart, it's not us versus them, right? I, I believe that we are not to, we're going to be in the world, but we're not of the world. We're going to make an impact. We're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. But we're not going to copy behavior and customs of this world. The world right now is trying to grab purpose in everything they're doing. But they're not finding fulfillment because only Christ can give us that fulfillment. So don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, a person of purpose, a person of destiny. By changing the way you think. So it starts right up here. And we say, okay, God, I want to know you. I want to find freedom. I want to discover my purpose. Change the way I think. And once that happens, then you will know God's will for your life, which is good. This is going to help somebody this morning. God has a will for your life that is good, that is pleasing to him, but it's also perfect. God has perfect purpose for your life. Perfect purpose for your life. But there is an enemy of our soul who wants to take that purpose away. And here's how he does it in just three easy steps, right? Number one is confusion. The enemy wants to confuse you. The enemy wants to confuse you. Whether it's through identity, whether it's through looking at everyone else's gifts. Now I want you to understand, Ephesians chapter 2 says that God created us for good works beforehand. Before he placed you on this earth, he placed works inside of you. He placed gifts and purpose on the inside of you. The Bible says there's many different gifts but one spirit. Thank you, Jesus, we all don't have the same gift. Can I get an amen? Thank you, God, right? Otherwise, if y'all have my gift, we'll all have fun and get nothing done. <laughs> nothing will get done, all right? How come you all have a sound system? We forgot about that, right? <laughs> but often we get confused because, number two, we compare. We compare. Man, God's got a plan, a call for your life. He's got gifts in your life. What's your gift? Oh, I really like that one. <laughs> I like how God's using them on Instagram or on YouTube. I, I want that gift. And God's saying, don't compare yourself to that gift because i got a good gift in you. It's pleasing. It's perfect. I got a gift on the inside of you. Now, hear me out. I'm not one of those pastors that hate Instagram, all right? Follow me on Instagram right now, all right? At Jeremy Bosma, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-O-S-M-A, please. All right? I want to swipe a feature someday, someday, for, just so I can better serve you. But Instagram is a great tool and a resource. But the problem is with Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, all these different apps, the problem with it is people are only posting their highlights, and what the problem with the highlight reel is we're comparing our lowest of lows with our highest of highs. And that's the problem with that. 
We'll compare ourselves on Instagram. I'm here to tell you, and I love it, but uh, those that you, you post your, your workout photos and you got a nice selfie in the mirror and you're like, feeling good, might work out, right? Feeling cute, might work out today, right? That's your highlight reel. Post after your workout, all right? I want to see the picture after. You're sweaty. You have no color in your skin. You're white. You're like, I worked out today. You look like Smeagol, my precious, right? But we don't do that, right? We, we don't post the first picture. We post the 20th one, right? Come on. And thank you for doing that. Come on, somebody. You're welcome. But we post our highlight reels. And the problem with that is we begin to compare. I got to tell you, there's, I love we're a culture of self-feeders where we listen to podcasts and YouTube. And what God is doing is extraordinary. We're online right now. We give it up for our online audience. So glad you're watching us today. We have lots of different things that we do to propel the gospel to the nations. But I got to tell you, there's great pastors out there. There's a pastor named Joel Osteen. I'm not Joel Osteen, all right? This is my Bible. I believe it says what it says. Come on, somebody, right? I'm not Joel Osteen. He's a great minister, a great pastor, great ministry. All right? I'm not T.D. Jakes. Come on, somebody. I'm not T.D. Jakes. All right? Get ready, get ready, get ready. In God's head. I'm not T.D. Jakes. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jeremy. And God created me on purpose. And for you better clap, honey. I'm sorry. But the problem is we can compare our gifts to others. Compare our gifts to others. It's like, I want, I want to encourage you. Do not compare. Number three is counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. I want to encourage you. Don't settle for what only you can see. Settle for what God sees. Get in your prayer closet. Get in prayer time. And say, God, what is your purpose for my life? God, what kind of gifts do you have for me? And I encourage you, if you, don't, if you can't hear from God in that regard, and I hear it's tough, it's difficult, serve your way to your gift then. Get in the growth track. Get on the A team. Lead a small group. Attend a small group. But just begin to serve your way to your gift God will open doors. God will give you clarity. God will give you vision for your life. But we often don't find our purpose because we're pursuing the wrong things. But God has a plan for your life. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we, we see this on pillows and T-shirts and bumper stickers. But it's still true today. That God has a plan for your life. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you hope. And plans to give you a purpose. He must give you purpose for your life. I remember I was in a car in seminary many, many years ago. And uh, I was, you know, in Bible college with other interns. We were traveling about 45 minutes away to go to a Christian school and uh, to preach in North Carolina. And so in that car, it was kind of like a five-and-five five situation where I was going to speak five minutes, another uh, uh, a peer would uh, speak five minutes, things like that. And so in the car on the way there, I had no idea uh, really how to preach. I just, I, all I knew was what I was exposed to. So I was exposed to, you know, a pastor would get up and just literally read or just talk on his notes, very monotonous, no roller coaster, nothing like me, all right? And I remember I was in the car, and I was praying. I was reading over my five-minute message, and the Lord spoke to me in the car. He impressed on my heart. It was one of the weirdest things he ever uh, told me, all right, because he's got jokes. You all know that, right? And so in the car, he spoke my heart, and he said, Jeremy, I've given you the gift of humor. I've given you the gift of humor. And instantly in my mind, I said, God thinks I'm funny. Come on, somebody. 
You go, guy, right? Knock, knock. Yeah, I'm right here. But I never realized that God wanted to use my gift in my communication, in my preaching, in my ability. So I went to that school, and a friend, he went five minutes, did a great job. Another friend went up and did five minutes. Now, this is a high school Christian school. High schoolers, I love you. We're starting Avenue Youth this fall, and so we're excited for that. All right? We've got a great team of leaders. And, uh, but, man, at this Christian high school, it was like, like, I dare you to say something good, right? And so I got up. And I had my notes, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to tell my testimony. Started talking about my hearing, how God was doing a work in my life. I was saying, like, I'm up here speaking, and I almost failed German. In fact, I did fail it, but I went to my teacher and said, give me D for deaf. And she laughed. They gave me a D. Come on, somebody. And I get to realize that my gift, although I didn't think it fit into my calling, it did. And there's so many people in this room, you have a gift, but you don't think it fits into your calling. You don't think it fits into the local church. And God is saying, man, I'm making a way. I'm making a way for your gift, for my praise and my glory. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. But you know what? Therefore, I get all the glory that your gift is going to take you places where there's no rope maps because nobody's been there before. I want to prophesy over that for somebody today, that God has given you a gift and a platform. But the problem is, sometimes we don't believe it. Psalms 139, this is David. He writes this, For you created my inmost being. For you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So for some of you, you read that right there, and it's separate, right? You're like, Pastor Lindsay was wonderfully made. Pastor Jeremy was fearfully made, right? Like God made him, ah! But that's not what it means. It means you are fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that mean? God took his time. God sculpted you, created you, put gifts inside of you, many gifts inside of you, a purpose inside of you, and nothing will take that away from him. But he formed you, created you, and he said, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. He's talking about the works inside of him. God, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. All my days are ordained for me, for you are, for all my days were ordained for me, were written in your book before one of them came to be. Listen to me. David is confident. He's not confused, all right? He's not conceited. He is not comparing. He knows who he is because of Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage you today. Here are some different ways that we can discover our purpose. Now, at Avenue Church, we have a system called growth track. In a growth track, we love seeing people go on our growth track. We have step one, which is the first Sunday. Step two is the second Sunday. Steps three and four, we combine them because we love you. And that's the third Sunday. That's today at Avenue Church. And you can go on the growth track today, all right? For my OCD people, you're like, step three and four is not step one and two. All right? Get in there. You're fine. It's today step one and two for the OCD people, all right? But I encourage you, that is our way to help you discover God's unique design because God's design, put it on the screens behind me, God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. I love that. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. If you begin to study how it works, you're going to study what it's for. Begin to study what God has done in you, and we can be able to place where God wants you to be. So I encourage you, that all across this room, there's amazing gifts. All across this room, there's amazing purpose. All across this room, and you're like, I don't believe in Jesus. God still put it inside of you. Because beforehand, he made you for good 
works. So I'm going to give you kind of a cheat sheet this morning, all right? And here's our cheat sheet on how to discover maybe your gifts and your abilities. So write this down. Number one, we're going to go professor mode, all right? Professor Boss was in the house today. Number one, what abilities do you naturally possess? What comes naturally to you that might be hard for others? That is a natural gift. That's something God has placed on the inside of you. So what are some natural abilities you possess? Number two, what are your primary motivational gifts? So what does that mean? What is my spiritual gift? Number two, what are my spiritual gifts? What wakes you up in the morning? What gets you out of bed? What would you, if, if you can do this every single day for free and you would still do it, what is it? What is your motivational gift? Number three, what do you really want to do? What are your inward desires? The Bible says God gives us the desires of our heart. And here's something I want to break over somebody's life. That you have a passion in your heart, but you don't feel like it's godly. And God say, no, I put them together. I place passions and desires that are going to fulfill your purpose and begin to pull gifts out of your heart. So there's some purpose inside of you. So what do you really want to do? I always feel like when we give our heart to Jesus, he's going to make us do things we don't want to do. And I don't think that's true. I believe that when God, when we accept Jesus into our heart, he's going to place some passion inside of us, purpose inside of us. Next question is, where does your life produce the most? Where does your life produce the most? What is the most fruitful area in your life? Is it like relationships? Is it this gift? Is it this or that? What are the results you see in your life? Next one is, what do others say about you? And when I say about this, I'm talking about maybe godly people a pastor, a mentor, somebody in your life that you look up to, they begin to identify some things in you. I mean, literally, I tried to do that almost everywhere we go. We're at somewhere that was not church, sitting down with somebody. He's going over paperwork with us. And I said, man, you have a gift of communication. I love what God's doing in you. And he kind of looked at me and said, you're a pastor, huh? You know it. And he said, I want to be a pastor someday. And I said, I see the gift inside of you. There's a gift. And God's created you for more. You might be in this season for now, but God's preparing you for the next season. So what do others say about you? Number six, what are you compelled to pursue? What are you compelled to pursue? What are your passions inside of you? And there are things in you that bother you that might not bother anybody else, and that's because you're the solution to that problem. There may be some hurt, whether it's in the city or in your life, and you see some hurt, and you're like, somebody's got to do something about that hurt. And it feels like nobody else cares. It's because God wants you to heal that hurt. God wants to use you. And so what are you compelled to pursue? But also number seven, and I think this is where a lot of us get stuck. What opportunities is right in front of you right now? What opportunities, maybe you know it, maybe you got angling, but you're just afraid to take that step. You're afraid to take that risk. You're afraid to hop in. You're afraid to say, I'm all in. And God is saying, I'm giving you opportunity. And I want to tell you, and here at Avenue Church, we'll do our very best to give you opportunity to use your gift. We didn't start this church so we can have people build a church. We started this church so that the church can build people. We want to build you up and see what God has inside of you. I don't want to get the task done. I want to get people done. I want to see what God can do in your life. Life. So this is how I'm going to close it out. I just have two quick points on how do we discover our purpose. How do I discover my purpose? And there's so many different things we can go through the Bible. We could be here all day. I'm just going to give you two. And the first one is, number one, is a call from birth. 
is a call from birth. That early on in life, maybe you've always had a sense. You know, my wife and I, uh, my, my family, my uh, little Levi, we've been watching America's Got Talent. And uh, a lot of the uh, talents and singers and stuff like that, uh, Simon or the judge will go, why haven't you done it before? How come you don't have a career now? You're so good. And many of them will say, I always knew, or at one point in my younger years, I always knew, but I put my dreams on hold. There is a call from birth that God has placed on the inside of you. And some of you in this room go, I've always kind of known it, but I haven't taken that step. I haven't taken that opportunity. But there is a call from birth. Maybe God put something on side of you at a young age, and your life became a big detour, right? Just roll bumps and all off and veered off, and, and you're living your way. You don't have vision. Maybe, maybe today is a wake-up call in a great way, and you're saying, Pastor, I'll go back to Jesus, and I'll give him my life, but I've just messed up that call. The Bible says God's call is irrevocable. You can't remove the call of God on your life. The moment you say, God, come into my heart, God's going to go, here's that call. Here's that call. It's right here. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 8 says this. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And I love this. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, before I formed you. So there it is again. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You were my masterpiece. You were made on purpose and for a purpose. But he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. You're not like everybody else. Yeah. You're unique. Amen. You're an original. I set you apart, and I appointed you. I have a plan for your life. I have a call of God in your life. I have purpose for your life. And so I want you to look at that on, on the, uh, the yellow on the screen behind me, that you were formed. God knows you. God set you apart, and he appointed you for such a time as this. That's amazing. That's great news. But here's the majority of the room. We're all going to do this. We're going to pull out a resume like Jeremiah said. And here's the next verse. It's Jeremiah. Here's his response. God said, I formed you. I knew you. I pointed you. I set you apart. And Jeremiah said, I lost, sovereign Lord. I love that. What are you talking about? What's he saying? He's saying, God, you're wrong. God, you're incorrect. I lost, sovereign Lord. I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, and so for so many of us, we're saying, I'm too old, I'm too useless, I've made too many mistakes, here's my resume, here's all the bad that I've done, God, there's no way you can use me. And here's God's response, don't say that, don't you dare say that, I created you, you're my masterpiece, you can't screw that up, you can't mess that up. I made you, I formed you, and then he says this, you must go. God doesn't say, come here and heal you up. No, he says, go to everyone I send to you and say, whatever I command you, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. So for many of us today, when we take that step, we're terrified. We're afraid, full of guilt and shame and condemnation. None of those belong to God. And God says, every time you take a step, I'm with you. Every single person in this room, we all have a step to take. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how long you've been serving Christ. We all have a step to take. The day we stop taking steps is the day we spiritually die. And God is saying, I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I remember, I remember I got a call of God in my life. Went to a retreat. Didn't plan on getting saved. Didn't plan on raising my hand at the end of the message. 
I planned to go there because the ladies were going. Come on, somebody. That was my purpose. I was chasing my purpose. Come on, Jesus. Find me a girl. And so I went on that retreat for the wrong reasons, for the, with the wrong purpose. And at that retreat, God wrecked me in the back row. Back row people, God's got his new number. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm going to sit in the front. He leaves me alone. I remember God spoke to my heart. And suddenly, listen to me, salvation is never planned. It's experienced. Water baptism is never planned. It's experienced. Going to grow track typically isn't planned unless you're like, I'm going to wait till step one. Well, then your plans are going to get thwarted by the enemy because you say, I'm going to wait till first Sunday and the devil's out, out, out. Okay, I'm going to keep going. But it's never planned. It's experienced. So at that retreat, I felt like I called God in my life. When I went back home, my youth pastor identified it. He said, something happened on that retreat. I said, yeah, you know, all kinds of different things. And he said, I believe you're going to be a pastor. You're going you're gonna to preach someday. I said, yeah, I think so, yeah. And he said, oh, this Wednesday, bring a three-point sermon. You're going to preach. And I was like, you're messed up, right? <laughs> and so my very first sermon, I got uh, typed up. And I did Psalms uh, 51, 10 through 13. It was one of my favorite scripture verses. And I brought it up to my youth group. And it was on a Wednesday night. And when I came up front, now I got to tell you this. My experience was nothing like the five and five we had in December with Rebecca, Lorenzo, Brittany, Amanda. They crushed it, all right? Their first time, yeah. Boom, right? They did an incredible job. My first time was this. Uh, the Bible says, you know, like, my name is Jeremy. What's up, dog? Okay. And I'm going, and I just read this, this manuscript. Didn't even look at the audience. And then at the end, when I finished it, something inside of me began to well up. And I put my paper now, and I said, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, raise a hand. All right, now this is the German audience in North Dakota. All right, it's like... It's not. It's a pin drop. It's terrible. And, and so I go, if you want to accept Jesus, raise your hand. My friends, my enemies, my frenemies, come on, church, raise their hand. And so I want to accept Jesus, had tears in their eyes. And I'm going, what is happening? What is going on? I remember afterwards, we had prayer time and altar time. And then afterwards, people were going, great job. What a call of God in your life. You are anointed. But then one individual came up to me, and he said, hey, uh, Galatians 6.3. I'm feeling really good about myself, right? Like, everyone's like, good job. High five. You made, yeah, Jesus, right? Like, the Lord really used you. Yeah, it was all Jesus, right? Like, and he said, Galatians 6.3. Galatians 6.3. So I wrote it down. He goes, read that later on. And so I wrote Galatians 6.3. And I went home. I was feeling good. It wasn't because I performed. It was because I discovered my gift. It wasn't that I'm Jeremy and I'm awesome. It was simply going, God, use me. I have purpose now. I know what I'm to do. So when I got home, I was excited. I was going, man, God, you're so good. I don't know why you use me. I'm deaf. I can barely speak English. This is incredible. And I go, oh, Galatians 6.3. So I got the Bible out. I was going to Ephesians and Galatians. And when I got to Galatians 6.3, I'm thinking, what's it say, right? Your, your, your mind keeps going as you're turning there. And maybe Galatians 6.3 says the most handsome prophet, right? Like, like. What does it say? Maybe Galatians 6.3 says, you're, you're called to the nations, right? Like, like people are going to get saved because of you. What does Galatians 6.3? Maybe Galatians 6.3 says, I'm going to be healed. Come on, somebody. What is it going to say? I'm excited. And I read it, Galatians 6.3. And this is the first, one of the first scriptures I memorized, and I didn't want to memorize it, all right? And so I read it, Galatians 6.3. He 
who thinks he has something when he has nothing deceives himself. I went, oh. So I thought it was the New King James Version, all right? So I put it away. I got the message out, right? The message version is like, what's up, bro, right? It's a translation of God. It's a paraphrase of God's word. And the message version says, if you think you're something when you're not, you're lying to yourself. I put it down. I went, what in the world? Now, church, can I just say this publicly on this platform, on live stream? Sometimes Christians are jerks. Can I get an amen right there? Sometimes Christians are the meanest people. Because somebody's got a word from the Lord and somebody's going to humble me. No, no, no. The Bible says humble yourself and then God will exalt you in due time. God will humble us. I don't need your help being humble. Come on. Begin to realize that God had a call of God on my life. And there's some people in this room, even today, you're sensing a call of God in your life. Maybe that call is to reach a city, community, a workplace. Maybe you've been pursuing a career and God doesn't want you to pursue a career. He wants you to pursue a calling. He wants to place purpose on the inside of you. Did you have a sense of calling God in your life? I want to encourage you. The opportunity is here. The opportunity is at other great life-giving churches in Las Vegas. But also the second one is some of you know it. You know you got a call of God in your life. But you've been running from that call. You've been running from that call. Maybe it's from, maybe somebody said something. Maybe you've been hurt by Christians or a leader or by a church. Maybe man hurt you in some way, shape, or form. And God wants me to remind you today that call God on your life is irrevocable. It is still there. It is still ready. It's ready for you to pick it up. It's ready for you to say, that's it. I'm all in. Jesus, come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins, but let's go. Let's go. And the second point as I close out is a call for more. It's a call for more. It's a call for more. I'm going to read it in Acts chapter 9. Verse 1 through 6. But sometimes God calls us for more. Maybe you're like, I don't have a call from birth. I have no idea what I was doing as a child. I didn't go to church. I didn't hear from God. Maybe I just recently been saved. I don't know what. But there's a call for more. And there's a man in the New Testament named Saul. And it said, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that he found if there was any that belonged to the way. And the way means Christians. You go to that next slide. It's Christians. So Saul, he's looking for proof on those who are Christians. He said, find out who Christians are. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to wipe them out. So as he neared Damascus on his journey, he gets on his horse I'm going to go to Damascus. I'm going to kill somebody. And it said, suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. I want you to leave this up right here because there's suddenly moments. When I went on that retreat, suddenly, God came to my life. Suddenly, I gave my life to Jesus. Suddenly, moments are not planned. They're experienced. For some of you today, suddenly, somebody invited you. I don't want to go to church. I know how church is. They just want my money. It's going to be so boring. And when you come here, suddenly, you feel the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, you feel God's love and grace and mercy. Maybe suddenly you have a moment where you raise your hand and say, I want Jesus to come into my life. Maybe suddenly today, you could go get water baptized. 
suddenly, Danielle Tomlin, she's a wonderful mom, a wonderful businesswoman, a wonderful wife to her family. She was sitting on the front row with her Sunday attire on, had no idea. Water baptism's great, good for you, you know. And it's on that front row, and suddenly God put a desire in her heart, go get water baptized, go get water baptized. And I love what she did. She got up. She went outside, got into the tank, and what got wet came out. We're like, we got shirts for you. And she's like, I had to obey God. I had to do it. One time we're getting water baptisms in. Uh, our friend Harry was helping people into the tank. He was on the usher team. And people are getting in. They're getting water baptized. And all of a sudden we were done. People clapped. We celebrated. And then all of a sudden he gave me his phone, his watch. I was like, what are you doing, buddy? He gets in all by himself. <laughs> I'm like, ah, Harry's drowning. Don't die, Harry. Why? Suddenly, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard God. Suddenly he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Here's what Saul says, who later became Paul. He says, who are you, Lord? For some people today, you're not saying, who are you, God? Who are you, religion? You're saying, who is this intimate father who loves me? Who is this God in heaven who made me for good works, who placed purpose on the inside of me? And this is it. I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. He replied. He said, now get up. I love that. I love, anywhere in the Bible you see men or women fail. God says, get up and go. Get up and go. It is, listen to me, church. It is never stay down. Pow! Right? How dare Pow! What is wrong with you? That's what Christians do sometimes. Pow! But God is saying, no. Get up and go. I have a call of God in your life. A plan and a purpose. Go! Get up and go. Give your life to Jesus. Get up and get in the growth track. Get up and get water baptized. People see what God can do in your Life, There's suddenly moments, but we have to get up and go. We see salvations every week, not because they're planned, because they're suddenly moments. We see people get up and get water baptized, not because it's planned, because it's suddenly moments. They got up and they went. So will you stand with me, please? I would love to pray with you. And then we're going to have a baptism party. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so amazing. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. All right, it's going to be fun. We're celebrating new life. But with every head bowed, every eye closed, let me pray with you today. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. But God, thank you for what you're doing for every individual in this place today. Now, Father, I believe through the power of your Holy Spirit, people are getting set free today, set free from confusion, set free from comparison, set free from counterfeit. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, you're opening our eyes up today and realizing God does love me. God does have a, ma- a, a plan for my life. I am God's masterpiece. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at his good works. And with every head bowed, if I closed, I want you to hear these words. God created you on purpose and for a purpose. God created you on purpose and for a purpose. You're not an oops. You're not an accident. But he created you for more. Come on, church. You were made for more. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to all pray this prayer together because we don't do life alone. I want everyone to lift your voice. Say, Jesus, I need you.
Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say be Lord of my life. Say be number one. Say with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say I now know who I am. Say I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, give God a shout and a praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.